Welcome back to the Unstuck Movement. As always, I'm your host, Rob Z. So this platform is to give you the strength, to give you the confidence, to give you the power to break those chains, to break through those things that have been holding you back in your life to help get you unstuck, right? Because I think we all get stuck at certain places in our lives. This can happen to you at multiple stages in your life. So I like to bring great leaders on this podcast, great people of perseverance who have brought themselves through really difficult places in their lives and how they got unstuck. Use these stories as an example that it can also happen for you. That's what we want to make this podcast all about and give you that power, give you that strength. The podcast is sponsored by the Authors Millionaire Academy, the Connected Leaders Academy, and Unleash You Now. And I want to introduce our amazing, our incredible podcast guest today, Sierra Collins. So Sierra is the founder of Sierra Learnership Collaborative. As a certified leadership development coach and speaker, Sierra collaborates with individuals and teams, helping them overcome obstacles, improve communication, and develop their leadership skills. With over 10 years of experience in public education and a passion for lifelong learning, Sierra empowers her clients locally and globally on their journey of personal and professional growth. Sierra, thank you so much for being here today. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me, Rob. So... As we always do on the show, I love to start the episodes off with a question. I feel like great questions lead to the best answers in our lives. And if we don't, if we ask the right questions, we'll get the right answers. If we don't ask the right questions, life can be difficult and can be a mystery that we're always trying to unravel. So I want to ask you this question to start off your unstuck journey. What did you do when your body and your mind didn't agree with each other? Uh and that is a great question. So I always uh, chose my mind over my body for the longest time. I felt like I was unstoppable. I am someone who's very competitive. I like to challenge myself and push myself outside my comfort zone. Uh, so I, I really had a difficult time when I got to a point in my life where my body and my mind didn't agree. And I felt like I was going to actually have to start listening to my body for the first time. Um, so my, my difficult decision came, um, when I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease and it really, it led to this fork in the road where I felt like I was having to choose between the dream that I had for my future and then my health. And I didn't really know what to do when I got to that point because I had always chosen to just follow the dream. Mm, wow. Okay. So when you had to change that direction, what did that what did that look like for you? Going from you're following the dream to following your health. How was that switch for you? What did what kind of stuck place did that that land you in? And and um yeah, tell us about that journey a little bit. Yeah. So I think the best place to probably start is, as you mentioned, I was an educator for 10 years. Um, I always had a passion for helping people to learn and grow. And I really saw myself moving into a place where I would reach principalship and then superintendent level. I really, I knew that the more adults that I worked with, the more students I impacted. So I was working my way up through leadership and education. And that was really my focus all along. Um, my first eight years of teaching, I taught in Fairfax County, Virginia, and um, I was, you know, providing professional development at the district level, you know, 
going through all the steps that I needed to, uh, to reach that ultimate goal. And uh, my health went downhill very quickly. And I was used to being very healthy, very active. I'd always been a runner um, and, and was just known to have a, lo- a lot of energy. And all of a sudden that energy was gone and I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. So the, the path to figure out what was happening with my health, it, it took a really long time to discover it was Lyme disease. It should have been much faster than it was. Um, and, and Lyme disease can actually be a little bit of a controversial topic. There are some doctors that, that don't even believe in Lyme disease, but, and, and that led to a lot of issues in discovering, uh, that that's what it was. Um, but I ended up on bed rest for six months with the Lyme disease, getting treatment, trying to get back on my feet because it had gotten to the point where I couldn't even stand up to teach in the classroom. I was sitting in a chair. I was exhausted. I was having uh, extreme memory loss. So I couldn't find my way to work. I, I was having a lot of difficulty and I felt like, you know, I don't know what's happening to me. I'm, I'm young. I'm healthy. This doesn't make sense. Um, so when I figured out what it was and I got the diagnosis the first time, I'm like, okay, we've identified the problem. We can come up with a solution. We've got this. And so the six months was a very long six months for me. But at the end of it, I was told, you know, you need to reduce stress levels. The stress is going to weaken your immune system, which is going to cause us to come back. And you can have chronic Lyme disease. If it's not treated right away the first time and it's in your system, it can be dormant in there forever. So that's what I decided to do. I said, I'm going to reduce stress levels. I'm not going to teach in Fairfax County. I'm going to teach in Winchester City, which is, you know, the area I'm originally from, just kind of a different speed of life. So that was the first step in listening to my body. I'm like, okay, well, I can do the same thing, but I can do it in a different place where I feel like the quality of life might be a little bit better for me. Um, so that was step one. But then, um, I decided to replace the stress of living in Northern Virginia with the stress of um, starting an admin certification program to move into principalship. So I was going to school on top of teaching. And uh, with all the stress associated with that, I ended up on bed rest a second time, that time for eight months. And this time it hit me a lot harder. And that is the point where I had to start listening because they, you know, they said, if this hits a third time, we don't know how you're going to come back from it. We don't know what that would look like. Um, so when we say you have to reduce stress levels and you can't do what you used to do, you actually have to listen this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that fork in the road where I felt like my dream of moving into principalship, just continuing to move up in education and really make an impact was being taken away. And that's all I had ever envisioned for myself. There was no other path. Um, so I felt like I didn't really have a choice. So it led to a period of extreme depression when I was laying in bed and I, um, I was trying to figure out how to make things work. Um, when I received an email, um, from Larry Moss, who was someone I now collaborate with, he's a leadership development coach as well. Um, he worked for the federal government for many years after he got out of the army, um, in a coaching capacity. And he said, you know, I see your passion for growing people. Um, and there are ways you can do this with greater flexibility and control and you should check out coaching, which at the time, in my mind, and this has changed over the last few years, uh, a coach was a sports coach, right? That was that was coaching. 
And I didn't know much more than that. And once I explored it and the concept of coaching, and you talked about asking questions, uh, that's how I had always taught. I had always taught through discovery, through asking questions rather than providing answers or algorithms that will just help someone to get to the answer right away. Um, and so I immediately felt like I had a purpose again and a path to follow. So I spent the rest of my bed rest uh, getting certified and determined that as soon as I was off of bed rest and could walk again and things were normal again, I was going to start my business. So as you can see, I wasn't given much of a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really, I love that because, uh, man, I, I think all of our, all of our situations are different, right? But when I hear the commonalities, there's always a commonality there of like, there comes a point when we don't seem to have a choice, like life will push us in a certain direction. And if we don't listen to that direction, it'll put on the high beams, right? To where now it's like, oh, you're really telling me to go in this direction. I have to, there was a great episode actually that I recorded um, with a guy named Jim Hetherington. Okay. And the episode with him, similar in scope to your story, to where God pretty much stopped him in his tracks and said, listen, you've got to stop what you're doing, even though you're, you think you're doing good things, because I want you to go in this very specific direction. And it was like obvious that he had to do that. So if you want to hear that story, go back and listen to that episode. But Yeah, I'd love to. Um, and, and I'm saying that for the listeners also, right? So if, if, if you want to hear these examples, it's very clear i think sometimes that we have to go in a specific direction and it seems like when it comes to coaching that seems to be the case for a lot of the stories that i hear for people who are in the coaching profession Mm -hmm. because i think we're called to this place in our lives of being able to because we already have those natural leadership abilities inside of us so we're working on bringing those out, whether we know it or not. And coaching helps us to like take our development to the next level because we've already been preparing for it, like for most of our life. So there's a couple of things I wanted to mention that you just mentioned the whole Lyme disease situation. The confusion around that is real, right? Because mm-hmm. I've known multiple people who will go years. I'm sure you do too, being in the community of it, um, that they went years undiagnosed and nobody could figure out what it was. And then they also had doctors telling them it wasn't even a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's in your head. It's in your head. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they would say. (laughs) How terrifying. Yeah. Like what a terrifying thing to go to. So I've heard that multiple times and what a difficult thing that is to overcome. But I always love to think about like my my mentor Ray always says, uh, there's a a gift and a blessing in everything. Everything is a Mm -hmm. gift if you look at it correctly. Not the getting Lyme disease is a gift or a good thing, but it led you in the direction you were supposed to go in. So it sounds like you're a natural leader, which is amazing just off the bat that you were naturally asking questions. You were naturally were uh, doing that in your life. And so life pushed you in a direction to take on leadership, to become a leadership coach. Um, I just, I, I wanted to say that because I think it's really important uh, to, to focus in on is that life will push us in that direction. So as you felt yourself stuck in this place in your life, you're on bed rest, you're going through the coaching certification program. 
at what point did you feel like you came became unstuck from that place you were in? Because I can imagine that eight months of bed rest, you felt like you were heading in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Things weren't working out right. So talk about that journey of getting unstuck from that place, getting certified, getting your health back. What was that period of your life like? Yeah, so I, actually, what was most terrifying about that whole experience was I felt like for the first time I was dependent on other people to help take care of me. And I had always been a very independent person. And so to feel like I needed others at that time when I was used to being the one that was needed, which mm-hmm. felt a lot better for me, right? Yeah. Um, I... I was very concerned that even if I I was passionate about what I was learning every day, I had a purpose for that learning every day. There was that part of me in the back of my mind, I knew success was the only option. I could not fail because I I wasn't going to have my teacher salary and benefits anymore. I was going to be a business owner and I was going to every penny that I made was going to have to come from the work that I was doing. And I was going to have to figure out how to have healthcare benefits when I knew that was going to be really important moving forward and not knowing what Lyme disease was going to look like. So I had a lot of question marks. And I will tell you, um, I, I have mixed feelings about when people say fake it till you make it. I don't I don't like uh, the idea of ever being fake. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of being authentically you and admitting If you don't know something well, you're going out there in search of the information and you're trying to learn it and be better. So I I don't know that I love that statement. Um, However, at that time, when I started my business, I had no idea what direction I was taking it in. It was one of those situations where I I talked to a lot of business owners who kind of started this way where it was like, if, if someone says, I need help with this, you're like, I do that. Even if you're not quite sure yet that you do that or that it's your favorite thing to do at that time, you're going to do it because that's that that it's survival mode. Right. Um, so I had a habit of saying I do that and I would do everything for everyone until I really established what I enjoyed most. And I feel like that's just kind of the natural progression of things as you go into business. Um But to go back to your original question, I don't think I felt unstuck until I started getting feedback from clients that I was having an impact on their life. Mm. And as soon as I started to hear that, I realized as an educator, I was going into a school system every day and I was teaching students who were, were there whether they wanted to be there or not. That was, you know... They were a public school student. Um, I was now getting to share my love of lifelong learning and growth with people who maybe weren't there yet, um, that weren't being forced, but I could win them over and teach them the value of learning something new every day and growing every day. And I felt like I was more needed there than I was in the education system. So a little bit of a shift took place there when I started to get the feedback that I'm on the right track. I'm making a difference in in people's lives, in their businesses, um, and helping them to see their own potential or overcoming obstacles. And that I could also share my story with them, which would help them to get unstuck 
as well and, and figure out what direction to go. I love that so much because... Hi, my name is Jose Escobar, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Connected Leaders Academy. We're a growing tribe, a community of entrepreneurs all over the world, globally, all across the country, high performers, titans of industry. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow personally and professionally, scale your influence, develop your skill sets, move the needle in your business, more clients, more money, more profit, the bottom line, and of course, grow your circle and your network like never before, this is where you want to be. Join the Connected Leaders Academy today. We are scaling massively. We want to welcome you in. Check me out on Instagram and on Facebook, the at symbol JASCO25. We look forward to having you join us. Take care. That's, uh, you said something there, a couple of things. I'm, I'm taking notes and a couple of things really hit me. Like it's that, that dependent, you, you had to be dependent on people when you were used to being independent. Like yeah. what a, that I, I think I always think of like gifts, what a gift that is. Mm-hmm. Like you had to learn to be dependent on others. And you might not yeah. think of that as a good thing, but that's a, we need to, we need to learn to do that in our life. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that was a powerful, was that like a, a positive, powerful lesson for you? It was definitely powerful. And I think that goes right along with something you said earlier. You said also, you know, of course the Lyme disease isn't a great thing, but it led to a great thing. I, I, I disagree. Like I do see that as a gift now. Um, because since I started my business, I've had no flare ups. I haven't had any issues with Lyme. Um, and it's just like, it was a period of my life. Yeah. It could come back at some point and I do have to be aware of my stress levels and, and take care of myself, but it led me to this. It was a gift. Uh, learning to depend on others and know that it was okay to accept help. I'm still learning that every day, but yes, that's a gift. Amazing. Um, yeah. Um, and, and the fact that you, you know, the fact that you worked through the Lyme disease and, and going through that incredibly difficult time in your life, but using that time, I think people could really think about that. Like you use the most difficult time of your life to discover a new path for yourself this is like the class. I always go back to make your mess your message. And that's exactly what happened here. The, the mess you were in created a new path for you that you can use as a message for other people that when you're going through the hardest parts of your life, those are usually the times when you're going to make a big transition and something new is going to present itself and and pay attention to that because it's yeah. happening for a reason. So that's amazing. And um, I, I found this in coaching too. I, I want to ask you this because I find that uh, for myself in my coaching career, it's m- just as much helping me as it is me helping other people. So as I grow as a coach, I grow as a person, I become a better person. So I become a better coach. And it's like the cyclical kind of thing that happens. Do you find that for yourself too? I do. I do. I'm always learning something new uh, by every new client that I take on. I, you know, I infuse professional development into my schedule weekly to make sure that I'm constantly trying to go out there and find new information and be able to bring greater value to my clients. But, but yes, it is very cyclical, completely agree with that. And I think that's what makes it so fun too, is because that core value of lifelong learning, I I get to live it every day and it's, it's my job. 
Yeah. That is, and, <laughs> and it's a cool profession too, because you're only going to get better with time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the one, the one profession I can think of, like where the longer I do this, the better I'm going to be. And I can do it until I'm dead. Yeah. Because it, I, the older I am, the more experience I have, the more uh, knowledge I've gained, the more people I've helped. So I can, I'll be just keep getting better and better and better. And do you hear this often working with people? Often when I'm working with people, they say at some point along the journey, you know, I'd love to do what you do. I'd love to be a coach. I feel like it's something I could do. Do you hear that? I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. And I think we're both aware that there's a big shift into coaching. It's it's a very common, common word right now. Yes. But I, I think I think it awakens something in people. So I guess what I'm leading to is like, whether you're uh, an actual coach or you're just coaching yourself or you're coaching your mm-hmm. family. We're all, we all should be a mentor to somebody and we should have a mentor. Right. So yeah. we're all kind of doing this, whether it's our profession or not, it's something that we're all able to do. It's something that we're mm-hmm. all able to like throughout our life. We're able to be that for other people. Um, so I, I, I guess when it comes down to it, helping other people get unstuck for you. How does that, how has that changed your perspective on being in the education field for such a long time, helping kids, what an amazing career and and purpose that is to where you're at now. Uh, Where, how do you see people getting unstuck? What is something that you notice maybe as like a, a theme when you're working with people, when you're working with businesses, the the light bulbs that go off that help them to get unstuck from the place that they're at. I know that might be kind of a broad question, but do you know where I'm going with that? I I think I do. Um, and I would just say that because I have been so reflective my whole life, just constantly asking myself questions, right? I kind of took that for granted and didn't realize that most people aren't as reflective. And a lot of people are going through the motions every day and checking the boxes and, you know, doing what they have to do to pay the bills. And I think the biggest thing for me is helping people to actually slow down and stop and start asking those questions, whether they're sitting with me or not, stop and ask yourself those questions so that you can ensure that you are building off of your strengths and you are in a place where you're feeling fulfilled every day. And, and being able to realize that moment where you can truly do that thing you enjoy and get paid to do it. Right. So for me, I would say um, the pattern is that I am helping people to learn to be more reflective with me present or not. And the reflection is what's helping others get unstuck. Yeah, that is so good. That is the truth. The, asking yourself the right questions. Because when you ask the question, you have to answer it, whether you <laughs> want to or not. That's yeah. really, really good. And that is that is the key. I mean, that is, as if you wanted to boil down um, coaching as in, in its simplest form, it's asking great questions. It is. And it helping is. people reveal those things to themselves. So you're not telling them anything. You're just helping them reveal mm-hmm. the answers. Yeah. And what what an interesting concept. I always love thinking about like the, the best things in life are simple. And when you boil things down, there's a very when things work really well, there's a simplicity to it. Yeah. And that really is the simplicity of it. 
good yes. leaders ask great questions, which is the John Maxwell book. It is. <laughs> which for listeners, that's where I first got certified as a coach. So when I was on bed rest for those eight months, I was certified through John Maxwell. So nice. So this has been a really interesting conversation. I could talk to you for hours. Uh, but <laughs> we have to wrap it up at some point. I, I just want to ask, you know, for anybody who's uh, watching or listening to this right now, we've already you've already given the advice of asking questions. But uh, if they're trying to figure out their path in life, uh, maybe they're stuck in a similar place you are with that with a health issue. What advice would you give them? Uh, somebody's saying like with so many things that people are start struggling with, reducing stress is usually a big answer, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. What, what advice would you give them if they have to reduce stress, if they're dealing with health issues, but they, they know they're called to do something more? Is there any advice that you'd give them from your own experience? Well, I feel like it goes back to the original question we started with. So what to do when your mind and your body don't agree? you have to listen to your body more than anything else. And when you slow down and listen to your body, it's telling you what you need. I needed rest. I was put on bed rest because I needed rest. I had overdone it. Honestly, since the beginning of time, I had been overdoing it. And uh, your body is always telling you what you need. So if you're stressed out, identify those things that help relieve the stress and find time for yourself and pull yourself away and do the reflection and figure out what, what you enjoy, what's fulfilling, what you're passionate about and have those conversations with someone else. Um, because that's, that's why I feel like every coach needs a coach, right? We're great at asking questions. Sometimes it's great for someone else to ask us those same questions and then hold us accountable to the answers that we've given. Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of times we we will then discover the answer, but we don't follow that that dream or that passion because of a fear associated with it, a fear of failure. What what are people going to think about me? What are people going to think when I go from I'm an educator, you know, I'm I'm pursuing my certificate for um administration, right? And all of a sudden I'm a coach. What did she fail at that? Why did she switch? How are the two even related? Right? So being able to have someone to have that conversation and hold you accountable and bring you back to reality and realize it doesn't matter what people think about where you are in that process. It, it matters how you feel. Uh, so that takes, takes a lot of listening to yourself. Yes. I love that. That's so good. So good. Cool. So I'm going to ask the audience the question that you just did. So uh, moving forward, what are you going to do when your body and your mind don't agree? What are you going to do in that situation? If you feel that happening to you, take the advice of Sierra. Sierra, if they want to contact you, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can reach out to me via my website, uh, sierralearnership.com or shoot me an email at grow at sierralearnership.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for being a part of the Unstuck Movement. Of course. Thanks for having me, Rob. I appreciate it. <laughs>